Welcome back to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I'm your host, Carly, and I'll be your guide on this journey from consciousness to cluelessness and back around again. Today on the podcast, I talked to Neve Kenny. Neve has set up a new sustainable clothing company with her friend Emma Dolan, based out of Ireland. The ladies have been working on this company since September of 2019. Neve has a love for all things sustainable clothes and wants to share her knowledge. Their company, Tainted Lemons Original, is currently running a Kickstarter to get the company off the ground. They would love your support. Supporting this company really means that you are helping to change the world of fast fashion, promoting sustainability and providing alternative options. Here we go. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode and for making it last minute. This is amazing. No problem at all. (laughs) Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. So I am so intrigued to to hear about how you made this company happen because I was digging into your Kickstarter today (laughs) and I, I just love it. So Tainted Lemons. Yes is your clothing company first of all where'd the name come from um we were just going back and forth and emma who's my business partner she she was like i love lemons we it has to be something with lemons and we were just throwing things back and forth like to do with lemons and i don't even remember which one of us landed on it Mm -hmm. um but we were both like oh my god love it so it just stuck perfect yeah perfect Um, so I'm going to circle back because I was so excited to start asking you questions. I didn't ask the introductory question that I usually ask my guests. (laughs) So I'm just going to pause on that because I have more to follow up with the business, obviously, but the (laughs) podcast is called consciously clueless. Obviously right now I'm a little more clueless than anything, but I like asking people, kind of where you're at on the spectrum from conscious to clueless, like right in this moment, because the name of the podcast came from this idea of me realizing like, just when you think you've got it and you're conscious and you're with it, you're like, nope, I know nothing. So like, where are you feeling right now in this moment? We're, we've definitely been on a journey. Mm -hmm. Um, So originally um, it was a, I watched a documentary Mm -hmm. and I was like, oh my God, I am so clueless about what's going on with the fashion industry, mm-hmm. how it is so bad, how every, well, I, I knew that workers were treated unfairly, but like, I didn't really think about it. Mm-hmm. Um, And then from there, I was talking to Emma about it and we just dove in and we've learned so much on the journey. Um, We began like thinking that, oh, if we start this company, we can use these kind of materials because they're sustainable. And then you look into it more and they're actually not. Mm. And you're like, oh my God, but everyone else thinks they're sustainable. So like the likes of organic cotton, we were like, amazing. We'll make clothes out of organic cotton. We'll be brilliant. So many companies are doing it. It's actually not that much better than normal cotton at all. Mm -hmm. Crazy. Mm-hmm. So we really spent so, so much time finding the right people to work with that have the materials we want, can make what we want, and also are using ethical factories yeah. where people are getting paid a fair wage. It's It took us, we started this in September 2019, and it's oh, only wow. coming to light now. Yeah. 
Wow. I think that's the thing I was so impressed with. So when I'm looking at clothing companies or whatever it is, like I, I don't want to promote anything on my page or whatever, unless I really believe in it. Right. And to like really believe in it, you've got to do the research, you know, like you said, like, it's just organic cotton. That's great, but it's not the solution. So, you know, I'm a huge thrifter and I talk about that a lot, but you can't Mm -hmm. thrift everything. And, and you've also got to, we've got to find a way like bigger picture to like do something with all this waste too. That's the other piece that we're creating. So what I was so impressed with looking at your Kickstarter, I was like, damn, this company is checking all of the boxes. And usually you can't find someone that is checking all of the boxes. You know, one other company that I would, that really does that for me is like Girlfriend Collective. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They, I am a huge fan of, because sometimes if you are like a huge workout person or whatever, it is hard to find leggings that are not falling down when you run or that are (laughs) flattering or whatever it is. And their leggings made out of recycled plastic bottles are actually like the favorite ones that I have now. So they're a company that does that. And I'm just so impressed that you have this Kickstarter and that you're starting off at that level. You're starting there. It's so many companies usually are like, oh shit, I got to get this like roll in here and they end up there. But like, I'm so impressed with you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We're trying. We're trying because we do. We also, we have a vintage business as well. Okay. But just from talking to specifically my mom was the first person, but like other people, like there's a stigma around thrifting and vintage that people can't get by and that's fair enough if you have your belief that it's other people's clothes and that you don't want to wear something that somebody else is worn yep that's your prerogative you're allowed to do that so we wanted to come up with a solution for those people as well who don't want to be negatively impacting the environment with their clothing choices but at the same time have it in their minds that it's not it's kind of gross or something to thrift clothes or buy vintage that other people have owned so that's kind of where we came from with the original stuff. So that's mm-hmm. why we have the both businesses because we both love vintage so much and it is more sustainable because you're not manufacturing in it, but at the same time, it's not for everyone, which is fair enough. Right. Totally. So can you give kind of an overview of what Tainted Lemons is doing right now? Like, what are you creating? What are you working on? So basically we have our Tainted Lemons Vintage which has been run up and running since last May. So we originally wanted to launch both together last summer, but then with COVID and everything, mm-hmm. the whole originals stuff was put on pause for nearly a year. So we went ahead and we did the vintage and we've been tipping along with that and doing as much as we can with the originals up until now. So Now we have gotten our samples, we've approved them all, everything is the way we want it, the quality is perfect, and we've shot our campaign, and we're running the Kickstarter Mm -hmm. to raise the funds. We have the jumpers on their way already, Okay. and we're just raising funds for the company, but the thing about Kickstarter is that if you don't raise your goal, it's all for nothing, because if if you don't make the amount of money that you've set as your goal, everyone gets refunded and it was all for nothing yeah I did not know that yeah so that's (laughs) that's that's a high that's high risk 
Yeah, that's one of the struggles we're going with now because if somebody sees the Kickstarter, they might be like, oh, that's cool. I'll donate or not even donate. I'll buy a sweatshirt. But they don't know anything about our company or anything. They just saw it as an ad or on a whim or somebody said it to them Mm -hmm. in passing. But they'll get refunded and they might never think about us again and won't have gotten a sweatshirt and they'll forget the name of the company. They'll forget that we're even doing it. And that's losing people, essentially. So what are you doing to try and counteract that? We're just promoting it as much as possible, really, Mm -hmm. without annoying people and begging people. Because at the same time, it's a really hard time at the moment. And not people don't have a lot of money to dispose of at the moment. So we're just asking for whatever people can if they feel the need to. Um, you can donate as little as one euro. Or at the moment, until Friday, we're offering rewards of 20% off what the sweatshirts will cost once they're up on the website. Okay. As an incentive for people to get a sweatshirt off, uh, 20% off and also like it's a donation towards getting the company off the ground so I'm I first of all my mind is blown right now by Kickstarter (laughs) yeah I know (laughs) I I've only donated to a couple Kickstarters but I guess they've been ones that have gone through because I've never gotten refunded (laughs) so I I didn't even know that was a possibility Um, yeah I think that one of the things I also appreciated about you is I'm not some huge Instagram influencer right like I I um maybe someday but I even at that level like once you post like one picture that you are working with a company you get inundated with emails and dms from people that are like be an ambassador brand ambassador um from all these like garbage fast fashion places um I was really surprised by that and I got a message from you on Instagram and I try and read everything because you just never know what people are going to message you and your message and I I don't know if it was you or your business partner or whoever but the message was so genuine and just like explained hey this is what we're doing this is why it matters that that is why I that's why I reached out you know because I was like oh this is cool I want to talk about this like I'm going to get in on the ground floor they're going to be famous someday and I want to connect with them now (laughs) because it was just so genuine and you can tell in your marketing when you read through your kickstarter that this is obviously it would be great if this became like a huge money maker for you I imagine that would be fine in your book (laughs) but you can tell that it's also coming from a place where like you really want to make a difference yeah, we really do. So what are, um, you call sweatshirts jumpers, right? Yeah. When you said jumpers, I was like, oh yeah, that's right. Um, oh, so, yeah. so Sorry, what, yeah. <laughs> no, 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 that's okay. I think it's great. What are they made of? What are they actually made of? So they are 60% recycled cotton, which okay. is recycled from clothes that have ended up in landfill. Okay. And 40% recycled polyester which is been made from recycled plastic. Great. So, and then that's the what they're made of. And then once you get your sweatshirt, you've worn it, you're ready to get rid of it, or it's got, you've worn it so much it's gotten a hole in it or something or other. We want you to send it back to us for free. So we will pay for the postage back to us so that we can send it back to our factories and get it repurposed into more clothes so that, that nothing is going to waste 
is amazing. That was the other thing I noticed. And 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 I'm not to continue to make this comparison, but it's just another company I really respect is that Girlfriend Collective started doing that as well. Yeah. And like send us stuff back. And I think that's genius because there's been a few times where, you know, I've really minimized my closet and there's some things you just can't sell or donate. Yeah. And you're like, what do I do with this? I actually found some company in the United States that takes recite like clothing scraps. I had to mail it to them, which is totally fine. But, you know, and I don't fault people for this. Who's going to do that every time if they're not old to, right? If they're not like, if that's not the expectation up front. So to have that already on the table, I think is really really incredible you've that's what yeah. I'm you thought of everything <laughs> really because we did we wanted to make as little um impact on the environment as possible we are still manufacturing things so obviously there's right. going to be an impact so like even with there is polyester which is plastic in our clothes so we want we're going to be selling guppy bags I don't know if you've heard of them I've heard Um, of them and I haven't used one but I know I should because I have some of the clothing that is made from recycled plastic so can you explain a little bit more of that so even it doesn't have to be clothes from recycled plastic it's any clothes made from polyester which is plastic release microfibers into the water when you wash them in your washing machine Mm -hmm. which is ending up back in our water systems or in the sea so what the guppy bag does is you put your clothes into the guppy bag and then put the guppy bag into the washing machine and it catches all the microfibers. Mm-hmm. While so nothing goes back into the water system. So at least there's not plastic ending up in the water we drink or in right. the oceans and stuff like that. Because you couldn't, I think, well, the, the system that they're using to recycle the cotton that mm-hmm. we're using, in the cotton material isn't strong enough by itself to be made into clothes that are well sustainable that like won't rip or won't tear Got like, it. easy or like that are like a good quality mm-hmm. still so there's not a system yet where the recycled cotton is a strong enough material on its own I see to be made into clothes I did not know that now maybe somewhere someone somewhere else has a system that it works but not that I have found from all my research and all my looking into companies that do this so right now, as a part of the Kickstarter, you are often offering sweatshirts or jumpers. Yeah. What is the kind of big picture? What do you plan to kind of stick to that lane or do you want to expand? Um, the hope in the future would be that we do expand into a brand that offers stuff for everyone mm. so that everyone has the option to shop sustainable. Mm-hmm. and now it won't be as cheap as boohoo or asos mm-hmm. but we are trying our hardest to make it as affordable as possible for people because the other side of things is i have seen these sustainable brands pop and they're selling t-shirts for 100 euro and that's just not people can't afford that mm-hmm. so our our goal is to make sustainability affordable for everyone and hopefully we can do that that the manufacturing process we can make it cheap enough that we can make a profit 
and sell for not crazy prices, but also everyone is getting paid fairly on the other end of things. Right. So (laughs) I'm imagining if you started kind of doing this in September of 2019, you said, there has been a lot of change, I would say, at least from what I've noticed in like the public consciousness or like the conversations happening around fast fashion. I think there's been more and more conversation around that in the last couple of years. So even from when you started that research to where you are today, have you noticed a lot of change or maybe is that me just dreaming? No, no, I have definitely noticed change. I've noticed the rise in the number of my friends using Depop Mm. to get clothes rather than buying clothes from anywhere. Mm-hmm. which makes me very happy and then the other the other side of it is when people they ask me about things because obviously I've done the research so I have knowledge about sustainability I find sometimes that I can come across nearly preachy about it because I know so much and then I feel like I'm preaching to them and then I try to rein it back but they do want to know but at the same time I think I'm telling too much um, but I have noticed people ask more questions people are using Depop they want to do better, mm-hmm. but sometimes they can't because they see they're not as aware or they're not, they don't care as much because other people have their other like things they care about more. Like the girl I live with, like she's vegetarian and that's her main thing. Yeah. Whereas my main thing would be the clothes. And we meet in the middle where I would be, I'm not vegetarian, I do eat meat sometimes but we eat a lot of meals together. So Mm -hmm. I would eat a lot of vegetarian meals and that goes hand in hand with now that we're living together, she had barely bought anything fast fashion. Mm -hmm. But but now and again, she'll be like, I need a pair of jeans. I'm going to get a pair of jeans that I know will fit me. They're from fast fashion. And I'm like, that's fine. Yeah. You know, people are trying to do their best. And I think you can choose like your one thing that you main focus on because it's hard. You can't change everything. That's a good reminder for me because I want to change everything every day, all the time. (laughs) It is hard because you're like, oh my God, this is bad. And this is bad. And then this is bad. But if you change too much, you won't stick to it. That is the thing right there. That part is so important because if you overhaul your whole life overnight, it's going to feel like complete chaos. And it's really (laughs) overwhelming because that is like those practices that we might be choosing more sustainable, whether it's food or clothing or whatever, since that's not the norm, it's, you're, it's going to feel different and weird. Yeah. To do that. Um, so I've talked a lot about this on the podcast with guests specifically in terms of becoming vegan. Like you find out all this information about the impact on the planet and your body and everything. And there's this like, quote unquote, angry vegan phase that is like kind of a joke, but it's actually really real. Because when you first figure out, you're like, everything I know has been a lie. Oh my gosh, what is the world? Did you experience that in terms of fast fashion where you kind of like dove into that industry and you were just like mad at first? Because that's my knee jerk is just to be like, this is dumb. Yeah. And especially because me and Emma met working in a retail store together Mm. and when we found all this out we were still working in that store oh wow no it was a it was a Irish company so it's not the worst yeah yeah 
it's not the boohoo or the misguided or whatever but mm-hmm. like at the same time it still is fast fashion um so that was kind of I think it was it really hit us because we were in it yeah <laughs> yes absolutely um has has digging into the fashion industry and sustainability altered your life in other ways like has it influenced any of the other parts of your life or habits or anything like that I think I'd be more conscious about everything being Mm -hmm. like, like when I look at things, buying anything now, like, well, what's the more sustainable way to do this? Or like, if I was to go get a coffee and I don't drink coffee, that was such a lie. I drink tea. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) If I was to go get a tea and you didn't have like your reusable cup with you, you'd kind of be like, oh, do I because everywhere in Ireland is takeaway at the moment you can't sit in so you can't get it in a cup you have to get it in a takeaway cup um you'd be like "Mm, do I need the takeaway cup (laughs) yeah yeah that's the thing I've started asking myself so much in every aspect is like do I really need this I think that's such an interesting question and not even to limit yourself but it does kind of just make you think for a moment yeah about what you're consuming Absolutely. Yeah. It shows you if it's like this in this industry, what's it like in every other industry? Yes. And that's the thing I think where the like angry phase comes from. Cause you're like, Oh shit. Oh <laughs> man. That means I have to look at all these other areas. Yeah. <laughs> and that sounds overwhelming. Yeah. Just take it step by step. You, what you're most passionate about or what you feel strongest about focus on that and the rest will come kind of definitely I interviewed an author her name is Ashley Piper and she wrote a book about sustainability and something she said in the interview that I've thought about a lot is just that kind pretty much what you're getting at is just this like it's okay to prioritize your passions because you know we were talking about how like let's say someone is interested in getting a sustainable dish soap and they go into a store and they're like, oh, there's a section on sustainability, but some are in plastic and some aren't cruelty free. And some like, yeah, it's, you know, if you can't find your perfect option, her thing was, okay, what is, what is your priority in this situation? Is it plastic free? Is it cruelty free? Is it whatever? And like, sometimes you're going to have to do that. And it's Absolutely hard. Right. It's hard to grapple with. Cause it's like, no, I want to make perfect choices all the time. Yeah, once you start changing, you want to change, but it's then you get annoyed when you can't. So you just have to be able to live with the fact that there isn't the products that yeah. you want. They don't exist yet. Yes. They yes. don't exist in a few years, but it's going to take time. Just because you want to change doesn't mean the world does. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> That's so good. Somebody else on the podcast, I, I learned so much. I mean, I'm secretly just doing this because I'm learning from everyone for free (laughs) but somebody else said you can't be perfect in an imperfect world that's a really good way of putting it yeah and as someone who has like self-identified as a perfectionist for so much of my life I was like whoa I can't be perfect (laughs) in a world that's not gonna let me be perfect that doesn't even make sense yeah it's such a good it's such a good mindset um so circling back to tainted lemons what made you choose um jumpers 
sweatshirts as your first thing? Like, where, or did you go back and forth? I'm like, should we make shorts? Should, you know, like, where did that come from? We did. We originally, so originally last year, we were, we got in the company that we're working with, we got in contact with last February. So February, 2020, just before this all hit. <laughs> and we were going to launch with four products, a crop top, a t-shirt for men, and then a men's hoodie and a ladies hoodie. Okay. And then everything hit, all the factories closed. We were looking at it. We were like, the climate is changing. Nobody has as much to spend anymore Mm -hmm. and all this we were like should we launch small see what the market is like for it we can do something unisex that everyone wears everyone wears sweatshirts right everyone loves the sweatshirts if it's warm people wear sweatshirts if it's cold people wear sweatshirts we were like (laughs) we'll go with that and then because the factories had been closed for so long um oh sorry so there's no dye in our clothes because they're made from old clothes. Oh. They're just the colours that they are. Yeah. Well, we have to choose. We can't go on to um, Pantone and be like, we want this exact shade and somebody can dye it for us. We only have a certain amount of colours that we can choose from. They're all actually, if you scroll down to the very bottom of our, the very bottom, there's only a few posts on the Instagram, but if you scroll down to, I think it's like the third, fourth and fifth posts, that we put up you can see all the colors that we can choose from and they're they're just it okay so and then because the factories hadn't been open and they hadn't been recycling the clothes they ran out of some a lot of colors so then we had less to choose from which Mm. we just then decided do you know what we'll just go with three colors yeah we'll go with everyone wears black we'll go with the black the Mm -hmm. gray and the blue caught our eye so we were like, we'll go with the grey and the blue. And then we'll work from there. And they turned out lovely, <laughs> if I do say so myself. Yeah, and I noticed <laughs> I noticed that too, that they were colours that, like, they are colours that can fit everybody. Yeah. You know, that they are very universal. Because we toyed, we toyed with doing a pink. Okay. But then there's a stigma around pink and boys and... Mm -hmm. No, I think people are moving away from it, but at the same time, blue is better Mm -hmm. if you're starting off and you want to appeal to everyone. Totally. I didn't even think about the dyeing process because I don't know as much, and I'm sure you do after your your deep dive into (laughs) research, but isn't the dyeing of clothing, isn't that process pretty resource intensive? Yeah, and very, like, uses so much water. Yeah. Now, I... I've read loads about it, but then I get confused in my brain. There's a, I think, now I could be wrong. There's a river in India mm-hmm. that's not the color of water because all the factories are along the river and all the dyes go. Now I could be wrong about this, but I'm nearly sure that I didn't make this up. <laughs> <laughs> and then, because because the dyeing process uses so much water, they have to get rid of the water. They get rid of the water into the river, and the river is like just not a nice color. I wow. think. I mean, it wouldn't surprise me. I've heard about the dyeing of I've I've heard the creation of jeans is like super oh, yeah. water intensive. Yeah, because to get certain, and this I only know because of the 
work from working in retail to get the color of jeans is so hard because so say we in our store we did a pair of jeans and we did the exact same style and color for the Christmas season as we did for the summer season mm-hmm. it actually wouldn't be the same color because of the temperature in the factory when they were being dyed so it's so hard to get the right color that they use so much water and wash it so many times to match colors wow yeah isn't and when you just when you explain it like that when you say that out loud I'm just like why you know when you like it's like why are we doing this yeah just to get the same color of jeans for the next person I'd rather have something a little more unique it's so hard to like learn everything and know everything about it because then when you're asked questions and then you don't know the answer to something you feel like oh People are like, oh, she doesn't know that. So like, does she actually know what she's talking about? When you expand someday, um, and let's just assume that you do, your Kickstarter is going to hit and you're going to not have anybody be refunded and (laughs) everything's going to work. So let's, let's manifest that here now. But once that happens, would you go back to that original idea of like a men's t-shirt and a crop top or has that even evolved from when you were talking about it you know however many months ago to like what you would want the company to offer um I think so because I think um at the base level we want to have basics that everyone can wear and everyone would want to wear Mm -hmm. and then once if we are successful and if we do expand then we can expand into more like not niche clothes but like jackets and right things like that that not everyone will buy but uh, we want to offer something that there is an like and a t- with a t-shirt you can do it cost effectively for people so that if they do want to start adding sustainable pieces to their wardrobe there's a t-shirt there it's just basic so I think we will circle back to it hopefully in the next year maybe two we'll see do you you, I mean I know I'm asking a lot of far out questions but I'm just so curious because um I think that to even to create this company you must be somewhat of a dreamer like myself so I imagine these are probably things you've already thought about but like is a would you imagine someday having a storefront or are you like online only um I don't think so and that's well like I'm not opposed to it really but I think online you reach more people. Yes, totally. Um, and I know there's the people like to try on sometimes, especially with newer brands that they haven't heard of. They're like, oh, how does it fit and stuff like that. True. Um, mm-hmm. But I just think, I don't know. I, I haven't really thought about a store um, at the moment, but maybe eventually. I don't think for us at the moment, it's not the goal. Right. But um. It could turn into the goal if things change. I suppose we haven't really been thinking about it either because at the moment in Ireland, there's no shops open whatsoever. Yeah. So you wouldn't even be thinking about it because nobody can go into a shop at all and buy any clothes. It's like what shops exist. Wait a sec. I forgot you could go into places. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's not really on our minds at the moment, but maybe one day it could be. Things could change when the world changes back. Maybe we'll think about it more. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Absolutely. Um, So what, if you had to give like a 
you know, quick spiel to people about why they should care about fashion and fast fashion. Like what is, what is your kind of like quick speech to someone if they're like, why should I care? Um, I think the starting point would be to think about all the people working in the factories of fast fashion. Mm. Like they are working so hard for so little money mm-hmm. and to make you a dress that you're going to wear once. Mm-hmm. And the dress probably isn't the materials that are probably cheap that you won't wear, only wear the dress once because you only can wear it once. And um, then the other side of it is, I know with big companies, when you, if you buy something online and you try it on and you hate it and you return it, it doesn't get resold. It gets just put into landfill and we're going to run out of space, <laughs> put all these clothes if we can fill. Um, so it's just, you kind of, it depends on the person, I think. If you mm-hmm. care, if you're somebody who cares about the environment and cares about climate change, then you look at the the landfill side of it, the water usage that goes into it. There's so many documentaries you can watch on it. And um, one that, oh, what's the one? I was um, just going to ask for recommendations. Have you seen True Cost? No, but it's been on my list for a long time. Yeah, so that's one that I've shown to people. Okay. And they've been like, oh my God. And um, because it really, it talks you through the factories. It talks you through the water usage and everything. Mm-hmm. It just gives you, it's, re- it's eye-opening, I think. And then there's... um what is the other one um it's a an english one it's uh stacy dooley um investigates okay can't remember what the title of the episode is but if you just search that and search fashion or fast fashion it should come up okay and um, but i think when you're talking to people about it and they're like why should i care it's but it's do you it's climate change something that's important to them or is the way that people are treated something mm-hmm. that's important to them because there's different angles you have to think about in it and they're all bad but some will resonate with people more than others yes yes that is such a good point is it's i mean essentially what i'm hearing you say is like meeting people where they're at and what i de- what i identified with in the beginning when you were chatting about being worried that you were starting to sound too preachy <laughs> I was like, yeah, same, because I just get so excited to share stuff. But what's an important piece and a good reminder is like, see where people are at before you verbally like, (laughs) yeah, exactly. Like throw 15 different things at them that they should care about. Because if someone told me out of nowhere, like 40,000 facts about something I had no idea, I'd be like, stop, 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 stop. I'm so overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah. I can't take it in. Yeah, exactly. So that's a really, a really good reminder. I remember my question from a while back. (laughs) I know nothing about the fashion industry or anything of that sort in Ireland. So it was like, are you the first ones to do this in Ireland? Um, yes and no from, so over the last year, I've actually seen a lot of brands pop up that are sustainable brands, but they're, I don't want to say they're not, but they're using 
like organic cotton, which in from my research, in my view, mm-hmm. isn't actually sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, I would so agree with you there. I would say I ha- I personally haven't seen any companies in Ireland using 100% recycled materials. And the problem with mixing materials, which we have spoken with the factories about, because we've, from what we learned, you can't repurpose clothes that are a blend of materials into new materials. Hmm. Because if you're recycling cotton, you need the t-shirt or the whatever you're recycling to be 100% cotton so that you have cotton at the end. Got it. But the fact that we want to repurpose the sweatshirts that people send back to us into new clothes, we were like, well, well, can we do that? Because yeah. it's a blend of recycled cotton and recycled polyester. And because it's going to be repurposed into something that's going to be made from recycled cotton and recycled polyester, because that is the blend that they use in the factory that we're working with, mm-hmm. it's fine. Because it's the exact blend that they are going to use in the new clothes. Got it. Um, whereas if you had something that was 65% polyester, um, 35% cotton, there's too much polyester in that for them yep. to use, or it's not the same blend, so it won't thread well with their machines, or I don't really know the ins and outs of that now. Mm-hmm. so but we've we have clarified that we can repurpose our clothes even though they are a blend we've been told that we can but that clothes that are a blend can't especially clothes that are a blend of recycled cotton and normal polyester right and organic cotton and polyester which is a big one that I've seen and um, some brands been like oh our sustainable t-shirt that's made from this amount of organic cotton and this amount of polyester I'm like that's doesn't sound sustainable to me at all well yeah and what I think what you're starting to get into is that the idea of greenwashing yeah and I and especially it's earth month I have seen so many random companies like H&M um and stuff like we have a conscious line and so you know 5% 5% of their clothing is made from organic material and we're supposed to celebrate that, but it feels like a distraction. Like, look over here, we're doing something so we can yeah. pretend 95% of our stuff isn't shit. <laughs> yeah. And then at the same time, if they're, yes, they're making their conscious collection, what's the factory like that they're making it in? Right. Because can you call yourself a sustainable brand if the workers aren't treated fairly even if you are using materials that are sustainable right so it's just it's very hard not to sound preachy or judgy when (laughs) you're talking about it because I'm not trying to shit on other brands basically but at the same time when we when we two girls from the middle of Ireland can do it why can't other people Totally. Totally. I think, I don't think you've sounded preachy at all. I think that (laughs) I personally, maybe it's just because I know I can sound like that too. So I'm like, no, no, no. She just sounds like what I sound like. But (laughs) I think that what's important is that 
what I kind of go back and forth, I vacillate between is that there's also some personal responsibility to not get defensive or to not stay defensive. Cause I've gotten defensive when people say like, you know, this, this thing you've always done, like it's kind of problematic. You want to be like, no, that's not true. But yeah, there is some personal responsibility of being like, okay, I didn't know that the clothing I was buying was really harmful, but now I do. And I'm not going to be mad at the person who pointed that out. I'm going to be mad at the people, the system that's making that happen over and over again. So I think that's good to keep top of mind as well. Yeah, absolutely. Is there anything that I haven't asked you that you're like, I want to make sure I share this or anything that we haven't touched on that you think is important? Oh God. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I've been just talking so much. I haven't actually thought about that now. Um, That's good. You're supposed to talk. I'm interviewing you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I think we have touched on all, like all the points that I would like to talk about the originals. I think the point that we're trying to get across at the moment, and it's just because we have a time limit, is that if we don't reach our goal on the Kickstarter, it is all for nothing. Mm-hmm. which kind of sounds a bit depressing but like <laughs> it's true but mm-hmm. I also don't want to sound like I'm begging people mm-hmm. because I'm not it it's if you believe in us I would like people to donate and you don't just have to donate you can get a reward back as right. in you get a sweatshirt it's just the sweatshirts are on the way so instead of having them up on a website we have them up on a kickstarter so you're still getting a sweatshirt and at the moment you're still getting it at 20 percent off um it's just that's our main focus at the moment is the company is still gonna go ahead if we don't reach this goal it'll just be a bit more of a struggle for us and stuff but that's fine we're we've thought about it we're willing to work what's the timeline so it's the 10th of may okay to reach our goal okay i will put the kickstarter in the show notes and share my social media when I share the episode. And um, I look forward to giving it another look and picking out what color I want because... So, oh yeah, that's another thing. So with the, when you pick a reward, you're just saying, yes, I want a sweatshirt. Okay. And then once the Kickstarter is over, you get an email to pick your size and your color. Got it. So you're just saying, yes, I want a sweatshirt. And then you actually have time to think about oh, which color do I actually want? Or do I want it baggy? Do I want it fitted? That kind of stuff. So that's something I think people are getting confused about. They can't pick their size and their color, but that's not, because it's, it's not a sales website. Yes. It's a funding website. So they don't have the functions for that, which is fine because we will have the functions for that on our own website once we have it up and running. Okay. Um, so, and then I think when people go onto the website, they get confused because it just, it opens on a homepage and people don't understand Kickstarter I don't think mm-hmm. because people wouldn't have seen it ever maybe or used it or whatever so there's just the the back of this project mm-hmm. button, and then people can read the front page and sometimes they forget that there's actually other sections so you can click rewards and that's where you can actually get a sweatshirt I okay. think people are getting confused there. so make sure that that's clear when sharing it if people have questions or whatever else and um on social media I know you have an Instagram that's how we've been communicating are there other avenues of social media people should look y'all up 
Um, we have a TikTok, but there's only three videos on it. Um, and we have a Facebook for the vintage, but we don't really use it. Instagram is kind of our main one. And then we have a Depop for our vintage, obviously. Okay. But um, Instagram would be our main one. Yeah. Okay. That sounds great. I'm excited to share and I'm excited to see how the campaign goes. And so what's the timeline? Um, assuming that everything goes to plan with the campaign, what look, what kind of timeline are people expecting then to um, receive a sweatshirt or see things? Uh, uh, hopefully by the middle of June. Oh, wow. That's a quick turnaround. Yeah. So the sweatshirts are made. Got it. Um, so they just have to come over to Ireland and then we just have to obviously sort through them get everyone get all the emails sent out we have to we're waiting for the kickstarter to end and then we'll get all the emails sent out see what sizes and colors people want and sort through everything so yeah hopefully it'll be the middle of june it's not going to be like months and months before because we didn't want that either where people like essentially buy a sweatshirt and they don't see it for six months <laughs> right totally I'm yeah. I've actually donated to a kickstarter I won't call anybody out because I still want to support them but I donated to one and because of covid and everything else like the manufacturing as you know got kind of delayed and everything else but yeah. I actually forgot about it because I did it last <laughs> winter and a friend of mine was like did you ever get that thing and I was like oh it's been like six months <laughs> So that's awesome that you're trying to, it's, it's also a way to keep people engaged, right? So then they're yeah. like, oh, I just got my sweatshirt. I'm going to share about it. I'm really excited. Yeah. And that kind of thing. Well, if there's anything you think of that you want to share with me um, to put in the show notes to encourage people to look at, just let me know. Perfect. Thank you. Thank you so, so much for joining me again. Thanks for making this happen. I'm really excited to connect with you because I just have a really good feeling about us connecting and feel like I'm getting in on something good on the ground floor. I'm excited that you feel that way. That's, that makes me feel good. <laughs> good. I'm glad. Cause I mean it. I really do. I think that what you're doing is incredible and I know it must be taking a lot of um, personal time and it's probably pretty anxiety inducing at times, especially cause <laughs> right now you're in limbo where you're just like waiting for it to end and hoping it works. Yeah, absolutely. So <laughs> me and take Emma texting yeah. each other every day. <laughs> she's on the couch at home and everyone's like, who are you texting? She's like, Neve. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Consciously Clueless. I hope you enjoyed that episode and learned some more about fast fashion with Neve and give their Kickstarter a look. It's pretty amazing. If you're enjoying this podcast, hit subscribe wherever you're listening. If you want to help me get this into the ears of more listeners, send it to a friend, text it to a family member, share on social media. Whatever you can do really helps me out. If you haven't yet, go to patreon.com slash consciouslycarly and check out all the amazing things that I'm doing over there and check out the new self-love reset course on my website, consciouslycarly.com. Until next time.